From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, we share insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter. How do you respond to negative customer complaints? Whoa, what a big topic and an important topic, and we're going to handle it here today with one of the world's experts, Jay Bear, and his brand new book. It's called Hug Your Haters. Uh, I've almost read the whole thing already, and I am cranking through it, and it's just great. It is This is the future of customer service because, right, uh, now with all the social media outlets and the online review sites, this is it's changing the game, and, and we're living in a world of change, and we've been talking the last few uh, episodes about how marketing is changing the game. And of course, you know, my core audience, our core audience here is, is salespeople and, and entrepreneurs. That's kind of who this show is for. But the the world is, is merging, like marketing and service and sales are all becoming one. And these are such critical, critical ideas. Um, and you have to understand what is happening, where things are going. And that's what Jay and I are going to talk about. But the sound quality on this is just a little spotty here and there, but the content was so good, we, we didn't want to cut it. We wanted to, we wanted to run it, um, and it's not too bad. So I think, I think you'll like it, and I know you're going to love it. This is the future, and we'll get started just after this message. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales, but sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. To schedule your free one-on-one business action planning session with a Southwestern coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst. One of my smartest friends. That's how I would introduce you to Jay Bear. We've had him on the show before. You guys should know him. If you don't know him, you definitely have not been out and about in the social media world. He's the New York Times bestselling author of the book called Utility, and his brand new book, which is what we're talking about today, is called Hug Your Haters. And I believe this book is going to revolutionize and redefine the way the world thinks about customer service. Jay is the most um, retweeted person, um, retweeted marketer on Twitter, has the number one marketing blog in the world. He's the founder of Convince and Convert, and just a total stud muffin. So Jay, thanks for being back. Uh, My friend, thank you so much for having me. Uh, if I am one of your smartest friends, you need more friends is kind of how I would uh, do the math and kind of do the math on that. Uh, technically, just to make sure we are uh, uh, making sure everybody knows the accuracy, I'm the most retweeted person in the world among digital marketers. So among the people who are, who are like me, uh, I am the most retweeted. I'm not the most retweeted marketer. Uh, I don't know who that would be, but that sadly is is not me. But I am delighted to bring the knowledge bombs to your audience today. <laughs> yeah, well, you you see that is the thing. I didn't mention that. I don't have very many friends, so it's not that much of a compliment for you. But and I'm not oh, I'm not It's easy to see why. <laughs> um so anyways, let's talk. So I am about two thirds, maybe three quarters of the way through the book. I'm digging it. And 
Uh, give me the, give me, you know, so, so hug your haters, just kind of give me the overall premise. Like what's the book about? Why, why'd you write it? Okay. Here's the thing. Uh, in my consulting practice, we get asked all the time by big companies, Hey, how do we balance customer service and marketing in the area of social media? Or how do we balance social media? customer service with traditional customer service on phone and email, all these kind of questions. And so I started digging a little deeper and found that, you know, most companies are using a 1995 playbook for 2016 customer problems. And that customer service is being disrupted in the exact same ways that marketing has been disrupted. And, and for the same reasons, it's social media, it's mobile, it's millennial culture, it's it's consumer expectation and consumer behavior changes. And so there's like 500 books about marketing disruption, including four by me. Mm-hmm. There until last week were zero books about customer service disruption. Now there is one and it's called Hug Your Haters. Uh, Bain has some amazing research that says, that 80%, 80% of businesses say that they deliver superior customer service. 8% of their customers agree. So huh. we have this like fundamental disagreement about what constitutes adequate or better customer service. And, and ultimately, and I say this as a marketing consultant, companies and individuals and entrepreneurs and everybody spends way too much time thinking about customer acquisition and getting new customers and not enough time worrying about keeping the customers that we've already earned. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, the whole kind of, and the, and the idea there, I know you don't remember exactly how you say it in the book, but it's something like, you know, you want to respond to every customer on every medium every time, but it's, uh, you know, that idea, it's, I mean, it, it's scary to respond to these complaints. Like, should, should we be scared about, you know, t- interacting with these people? You, you shouldn't be scared. And, and here's the math around that. So I, I should say that unlike most business books, including books that I've written and books that you have written, this book is not just a collection of anecdotes and advice. Uh, I spent an enormous amount of time and money conducting a massive uh, proprietary research project about the science of complaints who complains, where they complain, why they complain, and how. So everything I'm going to tell you is based on real research and real math. This is not my idea. This is true. So what we found in the research is that about 30% of all customer complaints are ignored, never answered, Okay. and anywhere, never answered. A third, customer complaints that are not answered are online, right? So it's social media, uh, review sites like Yelp, TripAdvisor, et cetera, uh, or discussion boards and forums. It's a little bit of a puzzlement, right? Because we're spending all of our time answering customers in private, but we don't answer customers in public where everybody else can see the fact that we ignored them. Customer service is increasingly becoming a spectator sport, which is why we need to actually answer every complaint in every channel every time. We need to be everywhere. We need to stop answering customers only in the channels that make us comfortable and start answering customers in the channels that the customers actually prefer. That is the advice in the book, is to hug your haters, to answer all customers. Now, does that require resources? Of course it does. Yeah, it requires time and effort and and belief, but but it is very much worth it. There's lots of reasons that we can get into what actually makes sense to do that. And one of the things you say uh, in the book, I'll let you fill in the blank, but you know, cause when you talk about resources, I go, man, we're, we're already spread so freaking thin. We don't have the manpower. We don't have the money for this. We certainly don't have the time for this. And when I think about it, like when I put on my, you know, my, my entrepreneur hat and I go, okay, this is a, a cute idea, but I don't have time or money for this. There's, there's other things, um, that matter, but then what changed my thought on it was you said, and I'll let you fill in the blank here, 
Customer service is the new marketing. See, for hundreds of years, hundreds of years, business has had it so easy because all of our customer interactions were in private. So face-to-face, then uh, letters, and then telephone, and then fax, and then email. Right. So mm-hmm. so for the overwhelming majority of the time that was actually business as business, Pompeii, right? So from like Pompeii to five years ago, all of our customer interactions were mostly private. Well, in that environment, there is no economic incentive to be really good at customer service. Because if you're really good, you might delight this customer who's standing in front of you at the counter. But what's that going to do for your business? That guy's going to tell like five people or whoever he sees at church. That's nice, but it's not going to really build your business. Mm-hmm. Conversely, there's no disincentive economically to be terrible at customer service. Because you make that person mad, who's he going to tell? Five people? Who cares? I'm going to survive that. Well, now that customer service is increasingly playing out in public, and now that customers are the new media, there is a tremendous economic incentive to be good at customer service and a tremendous economic disincentive to be bad at it, right? There's real money at stake. If I ask you right now, if I ask you, hey, who's really good at customer service? You can instantly name two or three companies. Everybody listening can name two or three companies. Why? because they're so rare. They are exceptional, meaning the true sense of that word is they are exceptions. That proves the point, right? They have built a business, they have built a marketing platform, they have built a differentiation strategy around being better than you expect at customer service. And any company can do that, they just have to want to. And when somebody says, we don't have the resources, I say that's fundamentally not true. You, of course, have the resources. You have the resources right now to to achieve every single thing I recommend in that book. All you have to do is move resources from where you're spending them now to customer service. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's easier to do that when I, I mean, for me, I go, when I think about it, of customer service, it's it, it, it's easier to do it when you think about it as marketing. And there's this this amalgamation, they're coming, this coming together of customer service and marketing and sales, right? I mean, I, I wrote an article mm-hmm. about how marketing and sales are, are becoming the, the same thing. Uh, and this fits in with that. Now, in the book, you talk about a couple different types of haters. You talk about onstage haters and you talk about offstage haters. What What is the difference? And, and particularly, what do we need to know about dealing with onstage haters? So in the book, in the research that we conducted, we discovered that there really are two main types of people who complain, two main groups of haters, if you will. The offstage haters complain in private, right? So they still use legacy channels, phone and email mostly. They're a little bit older and they're a little bit less tech savvy. The other group are the onstage haters who complain in public, social media, review sites, Yelp, et cetera, uh, and discussion boards and forums. A little younger, a little more technology savvy. But those those demographic differences between the offstage and onstage group are not significant. I mean, they, they show up in the data, but it's not a big deal. Okay. What's a big deal is the expectation differences, okay? So offstage haters, people who complain on the phone or email, expect and want an answer. of the time, if somebody calls or emails, they expect to hear back. And I'm sure that's true for you. If you call a business, you expect them to to answer your call. If you email a company, you anticipate that they will email you back. It's just the social contract, right? I mean, it's how business has evolved in the 15 or 20 years since email became a thing. That's not a surprise. 
Okay, so you have to do that. Uh, and if you don't answer calls and you don't answer emails, the impact on customer advocacy, the likelihood that those customers will will go to bat for you is terrible, right? It's a 50% drop. If you don't answer an email or a phone call, it's a 50% drop wow. in customer advocacy. Really dangerous game to play. Don't do that. Conversely, the onstage haters, people who complain in public social media, they don't necessarily want an answer. Only 47% of the time, do people who complain in social media expect a business to get back to them at all? Mm. Partially because so few businesses do. Like lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of companies don't answer anybody in social media. So company or customers have not been trained to expect a response the same way they expect a phone call back. So the huge opportunity for everybody listening is to hug those onstage haters, to find people who are talking about you online and answer those questions and complaints. Because when you do that, they don't expect you to do it. And it blows their mind and wins their heart. You can increase customer advocacy by 25% by answering just one customer online. And you said you said that offstage haters are looking for an answer, but um, on, right. onstage haters are um, looking for something completely different. Really looking for an they're really looking for an audience in many cases. Uh, <laughs> it's funny they what they and and you see this because a lot of times they complain, but they don't complain on the company's page. They don't complain on the company's Facebook page, for example, or their Twitter account. They mm -hmm. just mention them, but not really at their their destination. And so what you find is when people complain online, in many cases, what they're looking for is actually like group empathy, right? They want all their friends and contacts right. to comment and say, oh, that totally sucks. I'm so sorry <laughs> that happened to you. Like that's that, right? It's that. It's like, oh, you know, and everybody kind of like, you know, like it's shared pain. Uh, and, and that's really what they're trying to trigger. And so when a, when a company just jumps into that and says, oh, hey, uh, I know you didn't necessarily direct this at us, um, you know, purposefully, but we saw this and we're really sorry. And how can we help you? I mean, it blows people's minds. It is a huge opportunity to differentiate uh, and, and build your business. Well, and, and one of the things that you said uh, that really caught my attention too was you may or may not be able to outwork the competition, but you should really focus on trying to outlove your competition. So what does that, what does that mean? Because I think that's a core part of the strategy here. Well, if your competitors are smart, okay, eventually they're going to steal everything from you. They're <laughs> going to steal your website copy. They're going to steal your products. They're going to steal your pricing. They're going to try and take your best customers. They're going to try and poach your best salespeople. They're going to say, hey, you got a good trade show booth. Our trade show booth is going to look exactly the same. You know, you got nice t-shirts. We're going to have the same t-shirts. Like your competition is eventually going to steal everything that you do well. It's just the way it works, right? That's a, that's the hard truth, but it's the truth. But the one thing they can never take from you, the one thing that is yours and yours alone, the one thing that will never be removed from your grasp is if you genuinely and truly care more about your customers than they do, if you will go to greater lengths than they will, if you culturally as an organization believe in your very DNA that a customer is always worth keeping, you will win eventually because they can't copy that. They can't steal it. It's yours. And some of the best companies in the world have come to understand that, have come to put these hug your haters principles into practice and are differentiating as a result, both big companies, small companies, and even individual entrepreneurs. Well, so I think um, 
can you can you walk us through the hatrix this thing that you call the uh the hatrix is kind of the, the visual table because it helps kind of create an anchor i think mentally for us to to visualize Hatrix is and actually every book every copy of hug your haters actually has the hatrix poster inside the book so you get a poster with the book you can take it out put it on your desk put it on your wall etc which is pretty cool so the hatrix sort of summarizes all the key findings about the onstage haters uh, versus the offstage haters and it shows how often people expect a complaint, uh, what the increase in advocacy is if you answer a complaint, what the decrease is in advocacy if you ignore their complaint, uh, et cetera. So it lays it all out for you uh, right there in, in front of your face. But you know, obviously there's a financial benefit to this, okay? Lots of research, not for me, but, but lots of research shows um, that even a 5% increase in customer retention can increase profit by 25 to 85% because you get a multiplier effect when you keep your customers, right? You get a revenue multiplier. Okay. You also have to spend less on marketing, which also adds to your profit margin. Sure. So, so customer retention and churn reduction is really important and it doesn't get enough attention in business uh, ever. In fact, the, the studies show that about $500 billion a year are spent on marketing and about $9 billion a year are spent on customer service. Wow. That's probably a little bit a little out of balance, right? That doesn't really make a lot of sense. That's crazy. Ultimately, isn't that crazy? So, so there's a financial reason to hug your haters, right? This, this actually will pay off. I guarantee it. And the research proves it, but there's another main reason to do this beyond just the financial, which is that when you pay more attention to complaints, you actually become a better person and you become a better organization. This isn't in the book, but I think knowing you as well as I do, this will resonate with you. The most overrated thing in the world, in business and in life, is praise. Hmm. Every time somebody says, you're so great at this, you're so great at that, amazing at this, it makes you feel so good. But it doesn't teach you anything. Because in almost every case, we already know what we're good at. What teaches you the lessons that you need to learn to get better is negative feedback and criticism and complaints because inside every complaint is at least a kernel of truth and in many cases a whole cob. Negativity is the petri dish for improvement. And so what smart people do and what smart organizations do is they want as many of those negative criticisms as possible because they can mine them for opportunities to get better. And small businesses in particular are terrible at this because they just put their head in the sand and say, well, you know what, Mr. Customer, if that's how you feel, we don't even want to know about it. They just turn away mm -hmm. from negative feedback. And, and I got to tell you, haters are going out of their way to use their time to tell you what you can get better at. They're your most important customers, yet we routinely treat them like our least important customers. Yeah, well, we're—I mean, you're, we're scared of them, but I mean, you make a, a good point, and you—you you actually do talk a little bit about this in the book, where you—you you say, you know, it's one thing if people don't like you; they're kind of like in the middle; they don't say anything. But the people who are complaining are taking the time, especially if they're coming to an outlet that's either one that you can track, or um, it is, you know, or if they're coming directly to you, like through your website or whatever. And that's—that's that's incredibly valuable. I mean, they're—they're. They're, they're telling you. I mean, it's it's like market research. It's free. It's free market research. It certainly is. And what one of my favorite stories in the book uh, is from Le Pan Quotidien, which is a chain of bakeries. They're based in Belgium, 
it's about 220 locations, some in the uh, Southern California, some in the Northeast, uh, a bunch in Europe. And when their new director of customer experience, a woman by the name of Erin Pepper, when she started there two years ago, she said, look, my goal is to triple the number of complaints we get. Mm. Right? I mean, how paradoxical is that? It's crazy. It's crazy until you realize that she totally understands that every complaint is an opportunity to get better, right? Every complaint is somebody who might've just left and never come back, actually taking the time to tell you what went wrong so that you can A, find them and hug them, and B, take the information and use it to make your business better. So what she did, and I think this is, I'm, I'm working on this right now in my business. I bet you you're gonna wanna do this too. A lot of people listening should do this. She went through and audited every single customer touch point. Like where are all the places that we interface with customers? Mm. And then she said, how can we build nudges into each of those touch points that nudge customers to provide feedback. So they, they train the cash register people, they train the waiters and waitress, waitresses to ask for customer feedback. They put table tents on every table, signage in every in every restaurant, and, and they literally accomplish it. They get triple the number of complaints, even though their average uh, rating and review went up. So average is better, but they got more and more complaints because what they did is they took people who normally would just be dissatisfied and leave and actually ask them to say, give voice to your complaint so we can do something about it. And it's really, really effective. Mm -hmm. Again, coming back to that idea that we've had it so easy. Businesses have had it so easy for years and years and years because it's, it's not like social media has invented a bunch of complainers. It's just given them a voice for the first time. And um, well, I- Yeah, I mean, social media doesn't create negativity, right? It just puts a magnifying glass against it. Like if, if your company sucks, social media is not <laughs> your problem, yeah. right? It's just a symbol, it's just a symbol of your problem, right? Like that you, you've got it all wrong. You are blaming the messenger, Jack, like, you know, and you know what though, I hear that all the time. Maybe you do too. I hear it from from companies that we work with all the time. They're like, oh, rah, rah, Yelp or rah, 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 Facebook, as, as if somehow Yelp by its very existence has changed the morality of your customers or totally <laughs> changed how they view your crappy company, right? It's like, look, you know, you, you are blaming the messenger. And I told a story in the book about when I used to work at TGNY. It was a, a department store uh, when I was a kid in Arizona. And a guy comes in, I'm working the front desk, I'm 16 years old. Guy comes in and says, look, I'd like to return this underwear. Uh, and the underwear was not used or was used, I should say. This was not new. This guy had worn the underwear, <laughs> oh not just one gosh. time, like a few times. It's all stretched out and stuff. It's like, and I'm like, whoa. So I'm like, I'm not certain that we should take this as a return. I, this is beyond my sure 16 year old touch that, capabilities. Right. Yeah. I need like, I need to get gloves. So I go to my manager and my manager's name, this is a true story. His name, the best department store manager ever. His name was Mr. Mr. Big. Big. <laughs> so I go to Mr. Big and I'm like, Mr. Big, there's a guy here uh, who wants to return underwear and it's been worn, I think by him, but I can't be certain. Uh, <laughs> and I said, so, you know, I'm, I assume that we don't do that. Right. And Mr. Big says, no, uh, we do that. Our, our policy is that we take all returns, no questions asked. And I didn't really understand that at the point. I'm like, well, this is ridiculous. This customer scamming us. Uh, and, and I still think that was a little bit, uh, you know, beyond the pale. A customer is not always right, but the customer should at least always be heard. But what Mr. Big didn't do is say, you know, if it wasn't for all these cars allowing these customers to come back and return these underwear, we wouldn't have this problem, right? But I hear that all the time when people say, oh, Yelp did this or Facebook did that or Twitter did this, right? You were you were completely changing uh, the, the nature of this circumstance and playing the blame game, right? Like if somebody has negative feedback about your business, own it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 actually, you know, the reality is 
you know, my business has always sucked. The service has always sucked. I just, nobody had a, nobody had a way to voice it. And so we were living, we were living naive. Now, before we, before we zip off, where do you want people to go? Where's the best place for them to go? Uh, because they need to, they need to go buy a copy of hug your haters. This is a, this is a book that you need. This, this is going to keep you on the cutting edge on the, in the, the forward thinking, uh, realm. And it's going to save your business because this stuff is, this is not going away. This is only going to happen more. So where should we you go? Will make money, save money. You will make money, save money or both. If you buy this book, I can guarantee you that if you buy the book, you don't like it. You let me know. I will gladly give you your money back. Uh, there are case studies in this book for every company. And I purposely wrote it that way. If you're a small company, you'll love it. If you're a big company, you'll love it. If you're a US company, you'll love it. If you're a global company, you love it. B2B, B2C, all the boxes are checked. Um, I guarantee you will find it valuable. If you go to hugyourhaters.com, which is the official website for the book, uh, you'll see all kinds of special offers there. Just buy books on Amazon or wherever you want to go um, and then send me your receipt and I'll send you all kinds of free stuff, including if you buy a few copies of the book, you get from me, shipped by my own hands, the exclusive, very limited edition, I Love Haters Socks, which are so <laughs> fantastic. They are beautiful. Uh, so look for that at hugyourhaters.com. You know, just one piece of feedback here for you, Jay. If if I were your marketing manager, I would have sent uh, I would have sent I Love Haters used underwear. I think that would have been even better. Man, I totally <laughs> blew that. That's so smart. I, I had this... I had my whole, my own story could have been used as a marketing triumph. Man, I should have uh, talked to you about that earlier. Next uh, book. Hugyourhaters.com. Head over there. Uh, I'm going to do a debrief here like I always do. I'm going to share some of my favorite highlights from the book um, and some of the things that Jay has shared. So you can just stay tuned for that. Jay, brother, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you. Thanks to everybody out there. Knowledge bombs, as Jay said. I think there is some really good stuff. And um, I, because this is so fresh on my mind, I figured I'm just going to go back and really share with you some of the major ideas. Here's the big ideas that, that hit me. And I don't always do this, but whenever I read something that hits me in a big way, I, I want to stop and, and highlight it and make sure I'm sharing it with you because I'm just learning with you, right? So it, it's partly for uh, your benefit, but definitely for mine also, like to... To process these things. And the first major mental shift, I think, that is, it's a big shift, is that customer service is the new marketing. That is a huge idea because we've been able to get away with crappy service and we've been able to ignore poor customer experiences. We've, and not even ignore them. We've not even known about them, right? Like most companies never even hear about their Luke lukewarm customers. And this is something that our team at Southwestern Consulting, I mean, I promise you, we're going to be focused on this. And 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 we want to be that company that's getting a ton of feedback. And we're inviting people to comment because we want to be getting, we want to be getting better, which is just a, a completely different way of, of thinking about it is it's not, you know, when you think customer service, you think expense, you think sort of like this necessary evil, this thing you have to do, which you shouldn't, you shouldn't think about it that way, but that's kind of the way you think about it. When you think marketing, though, you think growing the business, improving the top line, and customer service is the new marketing because customers are the new media. They are the new media. It's it's what they're saying on their own Facebook page it matters much more than what's written about you in the local paper. I mean, there's it's like it's more powerful and and it's happening all the time. I think very much related to that in in the same mindset shift about how we have to approach 
our customers. And I think this applies to servant selling or service-minded selling that we talk a lot about is you have to, you, you can look at this feedback as, as positive market, you have free market research. It's, it's going to make your company better. And looking at it that way is healthy. It's a healthy perspective. But I think the, the big movement that's happening here, right? And, and I was thinking about this the other day. I was, I was thinking about how it's funny how salespeople brag about, you know, their sales that they make, right? Or they get, they get trophies for being the top producer. Or they get paid for, for making the most sales or whatever. And, and I think in the future, what's really going to be awesome, and it's the way that it should be, and it, it's, it speaks to the spirit of a servant's heart, is what we should be bragging about is not our results and not our awards. We should be bragging about our customers' results. We should be bragging about our customers' experience. We should be talking about how much money that our customers made from what we do. And I, it's one thing I love about Southwestern Consulting is because we're in the coaching business, right? We are one-on-one coaching people and we're doing consulting. We're, we're constantly... Uh, in the loop and and asking how are how is our work affecting other people? So that's a really positive, natural part of what we do. But maybe something that you have to be intentional about bringing into your culture, and and, and we still do too. We have to be intentional about that of changing the heart to say, look, it's not about how much we can sell. It's not about how much money we can make. It's not about just dumping your product or your service off on someone's doorstep and leaving and never talking to the again to them again. The future is about the customer experience. It's about the customer implementation. It's about the customer's results. And that is what matters. And that's what we have to be driving. And that is what success looks like in the future. And so it's not just about how do you handle customer service. It's, it's, it's about how do you deliver that extraordinary value, that extraordinary experience. You're selling something that actually works, that actually makes a difference, that's easy for people to implement, that actually changes their lives. And that is what matters. And, and the other part about that is it's so much more rewarding than numbers or money or recognition or trophies is, is the, the authentic, genuine reward of making somebody else's life better and, and being the catalyst for that by, by what you sell. And I, I love that. I just, I'm inspired by the movement. I'm, it's daunting for me. Uh, I go, gosh, we have such a long way to go to get to where we need to be on this because we don't want to be left behind, right? We, we don't want to be the company that is left behind. We don't want to be the guys trailing in the dust on these trends. We want to be, we want to be coachable. We, it's the same thing as we teach our clients. Like You have to work hard, study hard, and be coachable. And we have to be coachable. We have to be willing to grow. And um, So it's daunting, but it's inspiring because that's the way the world is, is going. And one of the other things that Jay said that I think is, is a huge mindset shift is just realizing you're not competing against your direct competitors anymore, right? You're not. We're not. We're not competing against other people who do what we do. We're competing against everybody out there who provides an experience for a customer. And so it's like we're competing with Ritz-Carlton. We're competing with Nordstrom. We're competing with all of these legendary companies in terms of the experience they provide with Disney. That's who we're competing against. And we have to create this extraordinary experience. We have to figure out ways to to not just sell a service, not just deliver a product, but to create an exceptional and wonderful and invigorating experience that produces real change and real benefits and results for our clients and you you have to do the same thing and you know customer service isn't is a 
is a byproduct. I mean, there is no customer service if you're doing that and, and realizing that that's who you're competing against, just like in marketing. And I don't remember when we talked about this, I think several episodes ago, I was, I was talking about, you know, like with marketing, you're not, again, you're not competing against other people who do what you do. You're competing with anything that competes for people's attention. That's what we're competing against, right? Like you listening to this podcast, I'm, I'm not just competing against other podcasts for the privilege of your attention. I'm competing against every television show that's out there. I'm, I'm competing against YouTube. I'm competing against every book that's on your bookshelf, every radio station. And that is so hard. <laughs> it is so hard. And in a lot of ways, it's overwhelming. But it it's it's making things better, and it's creating these hyper niches, these niches around these very specific things. And, and so you got to realize and expand your mind of what the, the competition looks like. And I think that's a big, it's a big mindset shift. A um, couple other big ideas here. One of them is the greatest positive impact is when you respond to people who did not expect a response on social media. It's it's all that's all about expectations, right? I mean, you're exceeding expect exceeding people's expectations, then that is where you're going to win customers. And I think this is an opportune time as it comes from for hugging your haters and doing great customer service, because as people are like ten years from now, right? Ten years ten years from now, what Jay is talking about is what everybody's going to be doing. It's just like you know, ten years ago. Email marketing was, you know, cutting edge, and it was like people were saying this is where it's going to go. Now every company is doing, and you know, five years ago it was social media marketing, and now everyone's doing that. I think ten years from now everybody's going to be doing this. So if you're in an, an an opportune time, and and I'm in an opportune time, we're in an opportune time. You know, our company and our companies are in a great time because. Right now, nobody expects a response to social media, so we can win that customer loyalty by being out there. And man, you know, we got to figure out a way how we're going to implement this for our team. But we we, we got to get there. Um, but you know, and that's in general the greatest positive impact is when you exceed people's expectations. You got to exceed expectations. And when you go listen to the Marriott story, you're gonna you're gonna hear that. That's all I wanted was for him to in- anticipate what my needs were and just have a little common sense and take a half a second to think through, okay, if you were in my situation, what would make you happy or, and just offer the best that you can do. That's all you have to do here is, is share a little empathy, show them that you care. You know, first, first step is just to show up and, and, and say hi and show empathy and hug on them and then try to anticipate their needs. And if you can do that, that's, that's half of the battle here. That's more than half of the battle. That's like 90% of, of the battle. But I appreciated what Jay says in the book. And we, we, we got into this a little bit more, uh, when we were talking afterwards about, you know, this, the hug your haters doesn't mean the customer is always right. It means the customer is always answered. Hug your haters doesn't mean the customer is always right. It means the customer is always answered. And I think to take it a step further, I, I don't think Jay would disagree with this. It means that the customer is always empathized with. The customer is always appreciated. Uh, the customer is always acknowledged and and really empathized with is taking it a step further. It doesn't mean that you're always just giving them their money, your, their money back or you're just going to um, you know listen to you know if they're crazies and 
there's in in the book Jay actually talks about there's there's three types of haters there's the onstage haters the offstage haters and then there's the crazies um the crazies are that that third type and it doesn't mean you just you know throw away your business but it means you care for people and if you show them you care and you love them and you try to help them and you you try to over deliver you're not going to have the the big the big issues like he said onstage haters aren't looking as much for an answer as they're looking for an audience they're not looking as much for an answer as they are looking for an audience. And if you can just show up, if we can just show up and be there to hear them and to be their audience, that is, is going to go a long way. And if we can empathize even better, if we can anticipate their needs and, and beat them to the punch of, about fixing stuff, even better. And then the last little thing that I want to leave you with on, on this, because I just love it is this idea that you may not be able to outwork your competition. You you may not be able to outstrategize your competition. You may not be able to outmarket your competition. But if you focus on it, chances are you can outlove your competition. You can love on people. You can develop a culture where you care where you actually give a crap. You can, you can develop a product that you actually care not just about making the sale, but having it successfully implemented. And that is the culture, that, that's a, a huge culture shift. That's, I think, what it's going to take to be a leading company in the future. And that's why we're so focused on this stuff, right? I mean, we, we're becoming, uh, uh, we shared that we just, you know, we just hit $10 million. Like, that was a huge mark, and we sailed past it. But that you know, it's like we're a real company now. Like, no more excuses of being a startup or or being a small company or being new. It's like we've been around for ten years. We have we're we're we're, we're an eight figure business, and it's like those excuses don't fly. And if we're going to become a hundred million dollar business, it's not going to be because we're just selling more stuff. It's going to be because we're delivering the ultimate customer experience. It's going to be because we care about that successful implementation. We care about achieving the result and the outcome for the client, not just selling to the client. And that's a whole nother level to get through. And it's it's just about out-loving people. And that's what servant selling is all about. That's what hug your haters is all about. That's what all this stuff with marketing and, and giving away value and content and creating the automated revenue machine, these things that we've talking about on the podcast that is i think it's the future of business and the future of the top producers and the thought leaders and the, and the people uh, because that's it's it's the expectation the way the world is moving and and if you just care right and, and that'll if you care you're always going to have a competitive advantage caring about your customer is always the ultimate competitor competitive advantage Caring about your customer is always the ultimate competitive advantage, not just selling to them, right? Not avoiding their negative commentary and their their bad experiences like we have been able to, actually caring about them. And, you know, I think that applies not just to business and sales and customers and marketing. I think that applies to our family. I think that, I think that applies to your friends. I think that, I, I mean, I'm not a parent, right? Not yet. Um but I think, it, I think it applies to your kids as if you just care about people and you really, you know, you have to work. I have to work anyways to be other, others-focused, to be service-minded, to be customer-centric, to be other people-concerned. And if, if you're trying to do that, it's going to work out. 
right? No matter what you're going through and what you're struggling with and where you're at and how behind you feel or, you know, maybe you're embarrassed about where you the quality of the work you've done in the past. Hey, that's that's a part of it. It's a part of the journey here. But don't let that stop you from getting better. And as long as you care, it's going to work out. It's hard to be nervous when your heart's on service. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.